Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Natalie Jones, our Extension Specialist for Health, and Dr. Courtney Luking, our Extension Specialist for Dietetics and Human Nutrition. Welcome, Natalie and Courtney. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. So today's topic, and we've done a few of these before, and I always think that they're interesting and the opportunity to learn some new information, but we are talking fact from fiction. So sorting fact from fiction in a time of health information overload. And I think it's just everywhere we go right now, we are just bombarded with information. And I know as a consumer, I struggle to sort out what's real, what's not real. And I especially know when I talk with my parents and and friends that, that we're all trying to navigate just the mass amount of health information that is coming our way these days, whether it's from media, or as I just mentioned, family or friends, what's a trusted source, what's not a trusted source. So y'all are here to help us answer all those questions and help us be better consumers of health information. Correct. Yeah, we have to go over a lot of that today (laughs) and address it. Yeah. So um, is this just a feeling that I have of being bombarded with kind of this health information overload? Or is it something that you all see is actually helping happening out there in terms of having contradictory health headlines? No, you are not alone and that it is totally normal to feel that way and to feel bombarded with all these different contradicting headlines and just the constant change of updates with COVID-19 and with what's going on in the world. And in fact, the World Health Organization actually declared that we are experiencing an infodemic right now. Oh, wow. That's a new term for me. Right. An infodemic is an overabundance of information some accurate and some not. And so that's what we're going through right now in the midst of a pandemic as well. And so it makes people hard to really find those trustworthy sources and reliable guidance for when they need it. So you are not alone and we are all experiencing this together and trying to navigate that process. And that's what we're here to do is to help consumers navigate the process to be able to digest that information. Why do we feel that there is so much information out there right now? New or emerging issues like COVID-19, they have a lot of unknowns, and it's really uncomfortable to not have the answers. And so the amount of information that we've learned in a short time, it's, it's nothing short of amazing because scientists really are working over time to collect and analyze and interpret and then share that information. But sometimes that information is shared before it goes undergoes a peer review process. And what that means is that is a process in which other experts in the field are able to look at all those research studies that are being conducted to really evaluate the integrity and the merit of a research study. And so they can help us kind of decide whether or not we should put some weight behind the the latest headline, so to speak, and whether or not we should trust it. 
And another piece is as we start to get more and more information, we start to create a bigger picture. And so there is a lot of information because there is a lot of information, but it's also because we're trying to figure out what it all means together. And and sometimes we feel like any answer is better than no answer, even if it's wrong. My husband and I were actually talking about this a a couple of days ago, that there is just, it's just so easy to put information out there that we were talking about, you know, what if this had happened 25 or 30 years ago when the internet was just emerging and there was not nearly as much access of kind of how it would look differently today, but it is just so easy to be able to put information out there. And I'm going to stop for a minute and do a little bit of plug, Courtney, because you mentioned research-based information. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing, especially for our listeners that are part of our extension clientele at their local county extension offices, that that is part of our job as the Cooperative Extension Service is to take the research-based information that's generated at the university level and then translate that out for general public consumption. So I think knowing the source of where you're seeking your information is incredibly important. And that kind of brings me to my next question is how can we be more critical consumers of um, the news, but then also especially what we see on social media? Yeah, so that's a great way of of trying to filter out and figure out what is the, the most trustworthy source. And so the tip that I have is to ask yourself, these three questions when looking over an article or looking over a post or listening to something to think about these three questions. First one being who said it? Second one, when did they say it? And the third one is how did they know? So for the first one, who said it, right? We want to check that domain. So if it's a website, looking at what the website is, who wrote it, what expertise do they have to be communicating on that topic? So like we mentioned, again, evidence-based, The most trustworthy websites usually include that .edu or that .gov, and they clearly indicate who authored the information and what their credentials are. So that's when you want to look at who said it. When you want to look at when did they say it, right? With COVID, things are changing constantly, daily. So we want to check the date. We want to make sure that old stories maybe aren't continuing on social media because there could be new information out there. So look for those links for references and seeing if it's credible information as well when we are looking at how do they know, right? So that third one, how do they know, is looking through all of the content, making sure that it's not just a catchy headline or they're just trying to represent one side of information. We want to really look into the resources. And again, if it's credible, they will have that information for those references as well as the credentials of who said it. So if they misspelled some things or things are written in all caps or if photos appear to be photoshopped or there's a lot of pop-up banners and ads, then that may not be a trustworthy source. So you really want to kind of dive into it. And I really like that you mentioned, you know, where would we be 30 years ago or 40 years ago, even before all of this, because we are able to share news rather quickly and to share information or misinformation is that if you are unsure about something, if you if it's too good to be true, or if you think that it's just, there's no way this is possible, then it probably is too good to be true. So if you have any hesitations about it, do your research, back it up, see what you can find out and don't share it unless you're confident that it's the right information. So we don't want to 
spread fake news or different conspiracies. We want to make sure that we are sharing with our friends and family content that we trust. I think those are some some great tips and good places for people to start when they're trying to discern the fact from the fiction. Are there big red flags that people can look for? There are. So Natalie mentioned a couple. Just the way something's written is the spelling, the grammar, the punctuation. If it looks a little sketchy, it probably is. And you want to go back to those three main questions that Natalie talked about. Who said it? When did they say it? And how did they know? And the big word that I like to think of is transparency. Everything should be transparent regarding those three questions. So if the author is unknown, or maybe it was published a long time ago, or there's no date, or maybe there's no mention or link to evidence where you could really see, okay, so they made this claim, but how how is it that they could say this? Or why could they say this? Without those three things, it, those are really red flags. Another one is that if they're just trying to ch- sell you something, so a product or a promotion or anything of that nature, whether it's claims of a secret cure or a miraculous result, again, that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And one thing that I think is really interesting, and particularly in this day and age, is anytime there's a use of extreme language, something that really causes a strong emotional response rather than kind of a factual presentation. And it's not to say that we won't feel any emotions as we read new or emerging scientific information. Um, But by and large, if you're having a really, really strong reaction, the piece probably was not intended to educate or inform. It probably was to get some sort of response out of you. When you say that about does it kind of leave you with more questions that I, I tend just as I read things, I ask questions. That's just who I am as a person. And sometimes it might drive my friends and family crazy because I ask just a lot of questions because I want to be informed. But I do find myself doing that as I'm trying to kind of take in information these days and, and sort through it. And if I'm left with more questions than when I started, I typically try to then move on and look for some other type of source that might be able to go along with the information that I just gathered. Or if that's the only piece out there, I tend to kind of dismiss it and move on. And I think because of how much information we have at our fingertips, we always want something really fast. So being able to pause and ask these questions before we decide to take action on it. And that idea of having everything at our fingertips and getting the information quickly kind of leads me to my next question about trustworthy sources. And now we talked a little bit about the domain, if it's a .gov or .com. What are some of the most trustworthy sources that an individual could seek out for health information? Yeah, so there are a lot of different places, especially regarding health specific and COVID-19 specific that we really encourage people to go to for trusted sources if they have specific questions or if they're concerned, who should they reach out to? So the first one would be your public health department or the local hospital, even your doctor's office or your community health center. So if you have specific questions, for example, if you feel like you're having symptoms of COVID-19, right, the first thing that you should always do is to call your doctor first, talk to them, and then they can help decide what's the best plan of action. So always talking to your local um, public health or your local doctor's office. And then like we mentioned before, Dr. Hunter gave an awesome plug is that your local cooperative extension office is, of course, for us, the number one place where you should go for information regarding any topic, whether it be your 
health and wellness or your financial health, all of it, because all of our agents in our counties have that evidence-based information. Also, um, I do want to point out some reliable health information websites that are getting a lot of plugs and constantly updating their information would be the World Health Organization and then the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, so the CDC website, and then the Kentucky-specific COVID-19 website, which has links to the World Health Organization and the CDC information as well, as well as Kentucky-specific information is a great place to go. And that website is kycovid19.ky.gov. So those would be the best places to go um, when you're looking for those trustworthy sources. And Natalie, I know that you have given us a list of websites that we can link in the show notes for our listeners so that they can go back and easily find those. Courtney and Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today and just having a quick conversation about sorting fact from fiction. Like I said at the very beginning, we just have so much coming in right now. I think it's always a good reminder to be a good consumer of information and to be mindful of what it is that we're reading and how it is that we're reading it. Exactly. Thank you. So true. Stay diligent. Ask close questions. We got this. Excellent. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.